Hello, hello, and indeed hello, and welcome to episode 5 of Pilot Light, uh, a spin-off of the Imaginary Movie Podcast. Uh, my name is David. And I'm Sam. And this week, we watched the pilot for the US Office, which aired on the 24th of May, 2005. Um, last week, obviously, we we, um, we watched the pilot for the, the first episode, rather, for the UK Office. So it felt natural to sort of move straight from that into doing the, the I mean, let's face it, the much more uh, long-lasting and better-remembered US version. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, I think it's better as overall. In fact, I would just I think I think there's a there's a more rounded show here that that it's, comes out. It's much seasons. more of a. It's it's funny really because it's still maintains that sort of mockumentary style but it's much more of a sort of it's much more of a recognizable sitcom than the uk office was and i think i think for me it's a very different animal i think you're not what no one you can't watch the uk office and enjoy it in any of the same ways that you can watch the us office and enjoy it i think i think it's very different very different flavors going on yeah and that's not uh, that's it's yeah it's different flavors and it's an entirely different vision isn't it for the show really um the, the the UK office, as we spoke about last week, defined cringe comedy in a way that I don't think we'd really seen in that way before. Whereas the US office is kind of coming four or five years after that and to a very different audience in terms of going to America where people want a bit more hope <laughs> than us. Yeah, where, where people are being shot in the streets, so they want to watch nice TV shows about nice things. Yeah, distract from um, the horrific nature of American capitalism. Anyway, let's not get let's not get political on this show. Um, <laughs> oh, let's do we'll it, save, Dave. Let's we'll get save political. that for 40 seconds time when we inevitably <laughs> do get political. Um, so... Uh, so this pilot then, this is, this is, this is, I think... Yeah, so let's run through the plot just, just briefly, and then we can sort of set, establish that you know what it's about just for anyone who maybe you know didn't listen to the last episode if as always our audience actually exists which of course they do dave there's me there's you there's a smattering of friends and family your wife uh, principal among them and and that's kind of it but yeah yeah, yeah. But well anyway just for, in case for, 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 and this is directly to my wife if she's listening um <laughs> The the, the, the the US tones. office follows exactly the same plot really as the um as the first one where you've got a incompetent boss you've got people working around the office and we learn that the Scranton and the um I can't remember the other one Stanford yes are uh, both up for the chop so they're both going to face downsizing as they call it in this episode and redundancies is what we we would say in in the UK and so yeah so they're going to close one of the offices and that's what's established here but it's the office the titular office is is a paper company which i just want to touch briefly on it is in 2020 the year of our lord is one of the most ridiculous ideas for a business i've ever heard in my life it's so silly i know and i think maybe in 2005 it wasn't as ridiculous but these people they sell paper they're an office and they sell paper to other offices and that's like their entire business model and it's so hilarious yeah and just paper as well because like in my work we have like a catalog where you can order paper and also computers and also desks and whatever yeah it's like office supplies it's like an office supply warehouse yeah whereas the, these guys just sell paper until later on and, when they start selling, and just selling just really like it's not a big big company either like it's established that 
they don't have that many offices. Um, this isn't a big global firm. There are regional paper company, and that's just like what? Yeah, it's very fun. So we we basically the, you know this this pilot introduces the characters. It gets us to know the the kind of some of the themes that are going on the show, um, and really it's about getting to getting the grips of of the characters and and how they all interact and that's the kind of meat of of the uk office but also um the us office yeah. as well so well this is probably the last bit of time we mentioned the uk office specifically um this script for this episode is 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 by and large exactly the same as the uk script um some of it's some of it's verbatim um, including one joke, which I'll mention in a minute because um, it's funny. Uh, but there's only a few scenes that change and a few, like, there's less language because you can't really get away with swearing as much on US TV. Um, and, like, there's less Britishisms. Like, no one calls anyone a wanker um, and no one calls each other mate because, again, like, it just wouldn't, Americans wouldn't recognize yeah, it's that. It's been Americanized, like, hasn't it? It's been completely Americanized. Exactly, it's been localized. Yeah. But I, it's the the work, work they've done is really quite minor, I, really. like There's a couple of scenes. So the one I want to mention, the scene that's, that's verbatim taken from, um, well, I suppose most of it's verbatim, taken from the UK office, is um, Steve Carell plays the sort of manager. We'll touch on the cast in a minute. Steve Carell plays the manager, and he goes up to some of his employees, and he goes, What's up? And then we have a moment where uh, Jim, one of the employees, turns to the camera and says, "Like, so it's still funny after seven years." And it's like a, even in the UK office, which is again five years previous to this, that was kind of like a bit of a hackneyed, like, "God, this guy" joke. Then, yeah. So it's and, clever, and now, isn't it? To, to and just... now five years after that, they they're hanging a lantern on like how how even more archaic and like out of touch it makes this boss character yeah which i i do i do quite like i think it's a clever bit of writing so the boss is uh, steve carell who plays michael yes. scott and you know this is probably his defining role in 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 television and also movies i mean i, I think it, it probably has... I, i'm struggling to think of another tv show that steve carell's on like another sitcom as he was on a couple uh, when this when he was um, asked to do this, he was doing a. He was already signed on for another sitcom. Um, I can't remember the name of it, and that that got cancelled. Didn't get picked up, basically. Um, so that's why he ended up doing this. But I don't think he's done a lot of other TV. But he's now like a, you know, he's a big Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. And he um, started. He started his the kind of first role that I remember seeing him in was Bruce Almighty, where he played Evan Baxter, um, and he's hilarious in that. He's got this like incredible comedic timing, and just not many people. Like, and he's in that film with Jim Carrey, who's another actor who can really just like really sell that. You know, when someone talks gobbledygook, and 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 me, you know, ninety nine percent of people can't make that funny on TV. And Steve Carell's one of those people that's just there's something about like every single beat of what he's doing. And when in Bruce Almighty, his his character Evan gets like you know fucked with by Bruce's powers and. And he's just he's just saying nonsense, and it's just delightful to watch. He's so funny, and he's got, he's such a good comedic actor. Um, yeah, he's and in all of his latest stuff as well, really. And and he had the the same year as The Office came out. Um, he also had Forty Year Old Virgin, which is probably his first major starring role. And I think that, um, along with The Office, sent his his stock into the stratosphere. So you know, two thousand five was a good year for Steve Carell. It was, and um, and he continued to sort of appear in movies. 
throughout his run on the series. And he, yeah. I can't remember how many seasons he stayed on for. Was it six or seven? It might have been eight. Um, but he eventually left the show um, a couple of seasons before it finished. Um, basically because of that, because his star had risen, I think, to the point where he didn't really have the time for it anymore. He didn't have the time to shoot 24 episodes of <laughs> of a sitcom on yeah. top of the three or four films he was doing a year. Quite intensive. Um, so we've got Jim Halpert, who's played by John Krasinski. And again, it's a very similar story, isn't it, really, in terms of someone who was a relative unknown. I think John Krasinski said that he, after the pilot, um, he carried on back to his job as a waiter in LA. You know, he's yeah. just like, well, that's just going to be yeah. probably nothing and then we'll move on. And, and he's now become another star in terms of um, TV, but also movies. He's, he was um, in the, A Quiet Place. Um, yeah, um, he also married uh, married Emily Blunt, um, and there's loads of really funny stories about uh, loads of, especially when he's in this country. Um, there's loads of stories about people just because he's just he's just a fairly like average looking bloke, and people are chatting away to him. Oh, you know where are you from, and then what are you doing here? And he's oh, visit my wife, and he goes, oh, he's he's filming something. Oh, oh, is it someone I've known? It's Emily Blunt. And he goes, no, fuck off, you're not married to Emily Blunt. And he gets that. <laughs> Apparently, he gets that all the time when he's over here. People are like, oh, come on, come off it. Yeah, she all right, you. mate, cheers. <laughs> not, that, not that John Krasinski's an unattractive man. I think it's just like a really funny sort of British thing where he's just constantly bombarded with this, like, no, you're too ugly for Emily Blunt. <laughs> yeah. The the, the other um, thing that he's in quite recently is some good news, in term, and that's a, a kind of YouTube channel that is about yes, highlighting um, all of the... The good stuff is happening in, to, in our COVID world. To get us to get us through this, um, how, how long have we been quarantined now, Sam? Has it been six, seven years? I don't know. It's a long time. But he just sold that. Interestingly enough, he sold it to, I think, Viacom, the channel. Oh, did he? Yeah, which, which is amazing. And I assume it's a kind of rights thing in terms of you know trying to take the format or take some of the the the, the name or whatever. Um, he's not looking to be fully involved in the same way, but I think that's a good you know good for him. And it's a good thing to, I just think, be around. I think, I think it's, it's one thing this quarantine's taught us is it's we do kind of need that little bit of injection. And this show as well, I think, the theme of we do need that injection of just hope and just sort of like you know something pleasant rather than all the doom and gloom and horribleness of yeah. the real world. It's a shame we can't add to that at all, doesn't it? Really, exactly. <laughs> um, so before we move on, we should just mention that um, obviously Steve Carell's character is the manager of this branch. Uh, Jim Halpert, who's played by John Krasinski, he's one of the sales associates. So he's like a salesman, um, like cold calling companies, basically. Yeah. Um, and next, we'll talk about ooh, Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam Beasley, and again, and again. So she's the receptionist, I should say. She uh, is, in and the she has a very, very similar um, career in terms of, you know, not very, not really into in lots that you'd know, like a kind of uh, a couple of. Small, a couple of indie films, and, yeah, a couple and, of small a couple roles, of, a couple of like small roles on TV, um, but you really look at it, and this is kind of her career. Um, she's not done tons since. I, I don't, I don't know exactly why. I think I suspect that I know that she's got a family, and maybe she just decided that you know, ten years of The Office and all the roles from that is enough money for anyone forever, which it almost certainly is. Yeah, she's um, all right. I think she's. Yeah, let's not worry about Jenna Fisher. She's yeah. fine. Um, and on that note, she, her, and Angela Kinsey, who um, plays a character called Angela in later in the series, uh, they host a podcast called The Office Ladies, 
uh, which honestly is a better dissection of the office. Um, so listen to that. Uh, but that's really turn good us off we're gonna, and go listen we're to probably, them. Probably we're probably going to reference it quite a lot. But that's a really cool podcast of like two cast members talking about the sort of behind the scenes details of the series, which is quite interesting. And maybe stuff that you know they're talking about stuff that maybe isn't online anywhere. So it's mm-hmm. definitely worth a listen after you've listened to this, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, I think we'll, we'll stop here in terms of the cast. We've got Ryan, uh, Rain Wilson, who plays Dwight Schrute, who is, um, I think, probably probably just about the best character in the show. I think it's a close call between him and, and Michael Scott, but there's just... Dwight is... I think over the course of... Well, especially because he stays on, I think it very much is... Yeah, definitely one of the funnier characters. One of Most of the laughs come from this character. And especially the, the, the interplay between Dwight and Jim. Um, and he's given a lot Rain, to do, isn't he, Rain Wilson? He's given a lot in terms yeah. of, you know, gags, but also um, story beats. Beats? <laughs> beats. A, beat farmer. Star Galactica. Well, he's the only cast member who almost got a spin-off. Um, oh. So I don't know if you know this, but one of the latest season episodes... Um, so Rain Wilson is, is another sales assistant. Um, Dwight Schrute is another sales assistant, and as the series goes on, it kind of like they lean more into him being this like beet farmer on the side, and like his weird sort of Amish family and his, his odd cousin, and and they, they 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 do quite a lot of that. And there's an episode called The Farm in which we meet his sister and his brother um, at a family funeral, and that is a backdoor pilot to a proposed series called The Farm, which was going to star Rain Wilson and his weird family running a farm. You know, I love Rain Wilson. I love The Office. It's one of my favourite shows. You know, me and my wife have just watched it endlessly. However, I'm so excited for the book. <laughs> I don't... I'm glad that that didn't happen. I'm yeah. glad that didn't happen. Just but it's, because it, in the but same it's sense telling that, about... Yeah. It, well, the same sense that Joey, you know, the, the friend's... Um, Which is a uh, stay tuned as soon as we can find a way to watch it. Yeah, we can't do that, can we? I don't, we, we can't, I, I'm not sure it's even on the internet to find we'll have to pirate. It's, it's that bad that it's been it's been smothered, which is wiped out. Um, and I think that yeah. just shows you what happens when you take a, well, it, what sounds like a good idea, Joey. You know, gallivanting around New York. No, it doesn't work. And well, it shows you how well Rain Wilson's um, Dwight Schrute tested with audiences over their over their series run. I watched a, a data sort of um, uh, pick pictographic of uh like a a run through of each character's screen time per episode and season over the whole run and and sort of the the what the, the characters we've just talked about are the top four steve carell um has about twice as much screen time as anyone else until he leaves the show yeah and then and then um jim and white shoot up loads um but they're all they're always top three with pam being sort of some somewhere in between them quite often um, so these four characters get like the bulk of the screen time for the whole, you know, however nine, ten, eleven seasons of this that they had, um, which is quite impressive, really. And and so because of that, and not because of that, but obviously the seeds of it are here. And these characters get most of the focus in this pilot. Yeah, and and this is you know I think the thing the thing that I want to talk about first with with this is the Americanization of of the office and. You know, as we spoke about in in the last episode, and let's not rehash it here, but you know, the Office is the Office UK first episode in the entire season. Really, um, it's all very, it's all very bleak. It's quite mean. It's quite. It's you know, there's not a lot of happiness. Even the way it looks and the way it's shot is very austere and very kind of. 
Well, it's very dark. It it's is. very blue, it's just blues like, and greys. You know, and and even even the even the jokes are all about the sensitive subjects that they touch upon, and it's often through the lens of David Brent being an idiot. And I think the contrast, even in this ep, even in in this uh, pilot, and um, as we go into season two things change a little bit i think they tighten the wheels a little bit more and they you know the 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 tone of the um of the of the sh- of the the kind of colors around the office everything brightens up a little bit so i think they understood they don't have to follow to the the uk office but i think the choices that they make to americanize this i think are really good to, to they're go- clever as well um you know even like for me watching it especially not back to back, but a week apart. It's like it's quite a lot different to vaguely remembering a season. And then, I mean, I've watched the US Office loads more, but the biggest thing for me is the color palette of the show yeah. and the lighting. And that the UK Office is quite like it's quite dark, it's quite shadowy, it's blues and greys. It looks like it's filmed on camcorders, quite intentionally, of course. Um, and it looks like shit, and everyone looks like shit. Um, and everyone's got British teeth, and and that's just something. <laughs> but then in the U in the in the US version, and I I find this with a lot of US shows, it is yellow, it is bright, it is well lit. All of the characters are well made up. They've all got great teeth. It's just and that that just that basic thing, even if they'd changed nothing else, would would already make this show a much more positive and hopeful and do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, pleasant show than. Um, the UK version, just because of that, and I, I, th- I don't know whether you agree. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right. I think it also represents the difference thematically. Um, on the Office Ladies podcast, Angela uh, Kinsey and, and Pam Fisher, um, Pam <laughs> um, Fisher, Jenna Fisher, Jenna Fisher, <laughs> are talking are, are talking about how they went to lunch with with uh, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, who wrote the UK Office, and they're there with the, with the showrunners, and everyone's kind of chatting over, and and they. Ricky Gervais offers some advice. He says, you know, in the UK, you can have a boss who is completely useless, is inappropriate, is rubbish, you know, is crap at uh, their job, and nothing will happen because, you know, we have labour laws, which is which is a good thing, but also because there just isn't really that same culture of firing. You know, you, you try and bring people around, you try and make the most of it, or nobody ever mentions it. Well, it's, it's, and- the, Peter Princ- it's the Peter Principle at work, which is the principle that... Everyone rises to the level of their incompetence, and I found this to be quite true. Yeah, everyone gets to everyone get as long as someone's good at their job, they'll be promoted, and eventually they'll be promoted to a job that they're not capable of doing, but probably aren't bad enough to get fired. So they sit so, there, and I think so I they think... sit there, and this is why you have and we and I've had bosses like this that are just woefully incompetent, but not to a level of gross grossness that would get them sacked. Because again, it's quite. I used to work in employment law, and it's quite difficult to get rid of someone in this country. Like, unless they've, you know, broken some... Unless they hit someone, or steal, or... Do you know what I mean? It's very difficult to fire someone. Whereas yeah. I think in America, it's it's much it's much more cutthroat, and the labour laws aren't as protective, and, and so, they're much more on the side of corporations. Uh-huh. And so what, what, what he said, what Ricky Gervais said, his, his advice was, you can't make him... Um, that incompetent you, you you have to give glimpses that number one he's a good salesperson and number two that he's actually quite a good person i think that's that is what the the show and this pilot does really really well the first scene yeah um we see jim and, and uh, michael in the office and 
they're talking about a sale that hasn't gone through yet and, and Michael phones them up and, and manages to get it sorted and then he, he finishes off by saying well you're a gentleman and a scholar sir and it ends up that who he was talking to was a, was a woman uh, yeah. and he, you know, very, he, she had a very deep voice and that is pretty much Ricky Ray's advice right there get him able to do his job show the glimpse of him being a human being and as as the season progresses and as the whole show progresses you see those where he does something incredibly offensive and insensitive and stupid but there's always this little punchline which is like yeah but actually he's quite a good guy and he has these little glimpses of humanity in him and I think that is what makes this show much more watchable because you get a kind of arc of redemption most episodes. Well, every, every character is likeable and in, in, in a vast sort of difference to the UK version where you're not supposed to like David Brent, Ricky Gervais's character. You're not supposed to like Mackenzie Crook's um, character. You're even, not supposed to like them. They're supposed to be Dawn. annoying and they're supposed to, yeah. Even Dawn, who who um, is the kind of Pam character, she makes a, quite a mean-spirited jibe about um, yeah. David Brent drinking. Like, and and it is just like oh yeah like they're not none of these none of these characters in the UK office are 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 kind of likable but in the US office they really go for that even characters like Dwight who is again like not just a fan favorite but is a really like not relatable but a really sympathetic character towards yeah, the end definitely. you know um and they 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 really do a really good job of that um and i think in this pilot it's just and it's quite and it's really impressive and obviously so we talked about the production of this and how you know a lot of the cast came from nothing and like a lot of pilots in the US, this aired um, in May in May as like a mid-season replacement show. So the pilot aired to the public and then based on their react, the, you know the the ratings for it and the general sort of reaction based on you know together with what the studio already thought of the show, they decide whether they're going to pick it up for the rest of a first season. Um, and so it's kind of like a make or break. And a lot of the cast, I mean, on Jenna Fisher's show, she talks about how um, they really weren't sure whether they'd be coming back to film the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. So there was about four months from when they filmed the pilot to to when they sort of got picked up. And it was a real, like, like you said, John Krasinski went back to waiting tables. And, and I think, um, you know, a lot of the other cast were just had to go back to doing other things. And this could have flopped. And so many, so many pilots do. And especially, you would think, especially um a a u.s version of a of a like dark snarky uh like cringy uk um experimental comedy show basically you would think that, that the u.s version of that would not do well and somehow this got picked up yeah um, well and which... it, and, it, and it didn't i mean in terms of the um audience uh, the, the the critical response it wasn't good. It was people saying, you know, oh come on, you, you can't be Americanizing another British show. You know, this is this doesn't work. It's tired. But where's the originality? And I think it's a fair criticism. It's a fair criticism of that approach. However, I think what they managed to do so well in this is is that Americanization really, really worked. There's yeah, no, there's this another... I think this is one of the only episodes that where the plot is just ripped straight from the other series from the yeah. the UK version. I think. And we've we've touched on this um, before between the two of us, but it's from episode two. They they really realise episodes two's an original script entirely, um, and and they really realise that they kind of need to make this their own, and that that the same plots like in the UK office, one of the episodes is they go to a pub quiz, and that's the whole episode, and and that that can't work for a US version. 
like on a lot of levels, but it just it just can't work and they recognise that and therefore like I said, they make it their own and you get a lot more of that sort of American corporate atmosphere mm-hmm. and you get a lot more of these characters interacting generally. Um and like I said, they're also much more likable that it's and that, that... it's kinda like a warm coat this series for me. Yeah. It's something that I can sit and pick up and watch an episode from anywhere in the season, knowing that that by the end of it, there's going to be like a, a sort of semi-uplifting message. There's no, there's no downer episodes in this series, and I think, and I think you you see that in in the pilot as well. Which is yes, it does stick to that, but it also moves moves things along quite nicely. The 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 other the other piece of advice. So back to this launch with with all the casting and some of the crew there. <laughs> Stephen Merchant, who was the co-writer of this, he his advice was you need to lean in on Jim and Pam more that relationship needs to be the core of the show and it is and and i think they do such a good job even this episode of seeing that interaction and there's a scene where um jim and pam are kind of you know chatting giggling up at reception and and um pam's fiance walks in roy and he's you know he's very cold and and quite kind of stony because he, he, he i think he recognizes that there's a little bit of flirting going on there there's something that's that's quite um, you know, perhaps inappropriate for a woman who's who's um, engaged. I don't even think. I don't even think it's that. For me, it's it's and this is what the series does well up until because eventually Jim and Pam get together. Spoilers for I guess season six of The Office or whatever it is. Surely you've watched <laughs> but, it. Surely, surely. But um, what they do really well is like this this really good commentary on the fact that you know attraction exists. You you know if you're married or in a relationship, it doesn't mean that you're suddenly no longer attracted to other people you suddenly don't do you know what i mean have a connection with other people everyone has worked with someone has come across someone in their life who you know they've never had romantic feelings for but you know they flirted with or they've just had a bit of you know that easy rapport that jim and pam have and that's sort of the basis for it and 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 i think that's a really nice commentary on how life works that she's with roy and especially in this episode it's kind of like well you're going home and having a wank jim (laughs) <laughs> that that's probably is very true the 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 other um you contrast that to the uk office where you basically the two characters never really get together and the whole time they do it's very you know they're never going to get together and no one wants them to get together no because the whole, because <laughs> none of them are very likable i think it, it does an excellent yeah. job of leaning into that and and, and providing um a really good through plot for the rest of you know of the next five seasons, in terms of will they, won't they, a kind of Ross and Rachel style, um, but I think much really, more satisfying really and much more realistic as generally. well. You really root for these characters you do. a lot of the time, and and you know, and all of the characters, even even Steve Carell's um, character is Michael Scott is is you know he's this buffoon who constantly embarrasses himself, and obviously like is such a poor excuse for an adult, but you really want him to succeed and do well. Yeah, because he's so likable, and 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 they build that relationship between him and all the people that work for him as well. Where, you know, they might they might dislike working with him intensely, but they, there's this like deep affection between all of them. Especially, maybe for me in this episode to get back to the actual pilot, there's two relationships that are really important here, and it's the relationship between um, Michael Scott and Pam Beasley. Um, it's I think really really kind of kind of central to these early seasons, and the relationship between Jim and Dwight is where most of the humour is derived. Yeah, definitely. when Michael Scott isn't in the room, um, and the relationship between Pam and Michael is is 
is kind of really sweet where like it's in this episode it touches on like michael's flirting with her and like doing all of this but it turns into a much more of a sort of like father-daughter sort of relationship i think and occasionally a mother-son relationship oddly enough but like it's a much more familial sort of thing um as opposed to sort of jim and um, pam's sort of flirting and yeah and i think so much of that comes from the obvious chemistry between the 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 cast and even the fact that Angela Kinsey and, and Jenna Fisher are best friends and they do a podcast together and they get on, you know, they get on all, all of the, the, the folks from the show. There, there really must have been something quite special. And I think I think even at the start, you can see that. And if the office had never gone anywhere, you'd think, well, these guys would probably still hang out a bit because they've had at least... Yeah, that. I mean, you get that, don't you? You get that with certain shows where you strike gold. Um, Scrubs is the other one that comes to mind as a yeah. show where like the cast seem pretty close and... I think sometimes more than more than anything else, that's the key fact of what keeps you going, is that you know money's less of an issue eventually because you know that the cast want to keep doing it and and the performances are better because they're all getting along. And you know, there are some shows where um, you know quite famously, like one of the one of the actors is you know just horrible to work with, um, and and it kind of like it puts a puts a damper on the whole series. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, to sort of sidetrack here, um, a show called uh, Charmed. No. Um, so there, it stars three women, and um, Shannon uh, Doherty, who's like a big 90s sort of like star, um, she's one of them. And apparently, she, and this is throughout her career, she was apparently horrible to work with. She turned up late to set. Um, she drank all the time. Um, she was rude. Uh, she had this massive ego. And so they killed her off after three seasons, and then they went for another. F- and then they then they went for another five seasons after that. And like, that's such a major thing. Like, obviously, you can. It must make production so difficult if you've got somebody like that on the cast. Yeah, um, but, but look at a show like Castle, where you've got uh, Nathan Fillion and uh, I can't remember her name. That's terrible. But those Detective two, Beckett. Yeah, Beckett. Yeah, Kate Beckett. <laughs> Those two famously d- didn't get along, and you don't, you can't tell that necessarily. But what I think it forced them to do, almost maybe subconsciously, is that you get much more of an adversarial relationship. Yeah. Um, and then further down the line, they, I think they do become kind of. They really- do get together, I think, but the series is never as good, I think, because they sell that adversarial thing so much better. Because, like you said, that's that's maybe a little bit closer to the truth than yeah. this. Um, than the other, the, you know, the alternative. Um, Whereas in this, and and what's amazing about this pilot, I think, is that it just it gets that straight off the bat. So immediately, you feel the warmth of these characters. You feel, you feel the um, the chemistry between them and and the rapport. And I think, it, and what it does, it just again, it just eases you in in a way that I think if they hadn't got that right, that Americanization maybe wouldn't have been so yeah. effective because you would have. You would have been constantly comparing them to the UK characters, and that interplay wouldn't have been so seamless into in a way that it would make you kind of forget. Which I think it does yeah, really well. It if does. You just like um, so, like you said, it's it's uh, that's kind of like a, a tricky walk, a tricky um, path to walk. Really, is that you don't want to be exactly the same as the UK office. And speaking of exactly the same as the UK office, um, so uh, not all of the cast watched the UK version before they filmed this. Mm. Um, John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher apparently watched the entire two seasons of the UK office over and over and over again. 
uh, which shows through especially um, with the Jim Halpert character. So yeah. he has a talking head um, in this episode where he's sort of like telling us about um, selling paper, and he's like, "So, um, so we sell paper. So um, I ring a company, and, and 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 you know, and if they want to buy paper and, and they can afford to buy paper, then then I sell them paper or something like that." And then he sort of like turns to the camera, you know, like looks at the camera and goes, "God, I'm bored. I'm putting myself to sleep." And it's and it's and it's it's line for line the same as the um, scene from the UK office, but. Also, um, John Krasinski's like facial movements and his like, expressions and and everything in that scene is exactly like Exa- Martin Freeman's exactly. scene in the UK office. It's, and it's quite a it's, classic Martin Freeman kind of despondent look. He's he nails yeah. that really well in The Hobbit and all the other things that he's been in. He really nails that. Oh, you know, he's the, looking at the camera with with that that kind of despondent face. Um, and I think you don't ever see that again from from Jim really he he kind of gets his own face thing which they kind of make fun of later on yeah um, but it's because they kind of again I think maybe maybe after the feedback and they maybe thought well you know bollocks to it we'll use the premise and that's it that's the only thing we're going to keep from the UK office we're going to keep these characters and we're going to keep the premise but after that they move away and it's really nice because it makes this a really distinct show and, but, but um Steve Carell, as far as I know, Steve Carell didn't watch. He watched the pilot. apparently. He watched the first five minutes of the of the first episode of The Office, but then thought, "Oh, if I watch this, I'm just going to ape Ricky Gervais." Right. <laughs> and so he turned it off and never, and he's never watched it since. And that's a um, really good choice. It's a really clever, clever choice because you know Steve Carell isn't Ricky Gervais. Like in anything, you know, Steve Carell as as a as an embodiment of a person. I don't think can be as dislikable as as Ricky Gervais, who, you know, to his to Ricky Gervais's credit, really, really, really is a guy that you can dislike. <laughs> just do you know what I mean in his performances? Whereas I think Steve Carell is is just like so much more charming naturally that it would be really difficult to be that um, that grating and that irritating. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know this this pilot is is like. It's like lightning strikes, isn't it? Really, you know, you get a good script that's already had, already been well tested, and and you know is is successful. You get a really good Americanization of it. You get a great yeah. cast, and you get all the cast working together. And I think, you know, it's lightning in a bottle, and you can see that quality runs throughout the rest of the show. And I think it's because it all leans on that ability to to really def- the show to define itself in a way that's that's really well done. I think this pilot does an excellent job of setting up the rest of of the nine seasons it does a fantastic job because pretty much every with the exception of creed every character and kelly rather um every character who appears in the office as like a main cast member is in this episode angela and oscar all the accountants are there yeah meredith um, is a different actor meredith is sorry meredith is a different actor as well but apart from that, every you know every major character is there, um, and um, Kelly, who's played by Mindy Kaling, she isn't there because she, like B.J. Novak in this, who we haven't mentioned either, uh, they're both writers for the show as well, so they sort of appear in episodes, but and then eventually become main cast members. Yeah. But you know, initially they're just sort of like filling this, rounding this out. But I think it's really cool that they took. You know, like Angela and all the accountants are obviously just extras in this, and they were like, you know, we'd like to keep you. And then eventually they get this this much more 
um, expanded role that maybe you know they could have they could have auditioned people for, but they didn't. They just kept these extras, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's a nice, and it adds to that. It adds to that feeling of everyone kind of getting along. What did yeah. you prefer then? What was your? I mean, in terms of a pilot or a first episode, because it's the the UK office isn't a pilot, but what do you think is a better introduction to the show? I honestly think that the UK version is a better introduction for the show because, and I like this one better, but <laughs> the UK version is a better introduction purely because it's it's more true to the season that follows. So the UK version is obviously like quite bleak and and all of that, and but it's very true to the theme of the the you know the following, you know eleven episodes of it. It's it's exactly that that you get in the pilot. Whereas I think this, I think maybe uh, if this wasn't pilot light, we would do the second episode as well because I think that's really where the season finds its feet and where it sets up a lot of the things that it's going to do. And the characters are just they're so much more. Not, there's so much more nuance in the second episode, I feel, towards what they will become in the whole series as a whole. So I think as a first episode, I think the UK version ticks more boxes, but I think this is a better rewatch and probably a more competently made piece of television. I was all ready to disagree with you about that, but I think you've actually laid that argument out really well in that the UK office... Is is complete, and that's to do with the, you know that's to do with the, the the obviously not being a pilot, but it's more complete, isn't it? It's more rounded. Whereas this, you can kind of still see some of the edges, even if it's just Steve Carell's hair. Um, whatever. That's, that, I think that's for the first season. I think when yeah. he becomes a Hollywood star, it's all like scraped back, and obviously it's thinning. And which, then is, which is which is when you become an A list celebrity, they give you hair, hair plugs because that's what? just America. I don't you know, know if it is even. I don't know if they actually just styled it so it looks kind of weird he's got this big patch at the front i don't know but either way i think it all of that is it's kind of like going for something and then actually in 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 the second episode revising it saying actually no let's try this instead um well i think it's the so four I think months it, I think you're right, between between the filming i think four months after this after it aired after they had the feedback you know everyone came back and they'd had four months to think about it and to write the next episode which is original and and it, it's much more firmly planted. And I think maybe, and it's not to malign this episode, which is a fine episode that's entertaining and good to watch. But, you know, it's just not quite there as a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But incredibly, yeah, incredibly fun. And, and, <laughs> in, summation, and, in summation, watch both of these shows. Yeah, and also, <laughs> what, what have you been doing if you haven't watched either, either yeah, of these why, shows? Why are you listening to this imaginary but audience? If you haven't, we've watched the show. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a very strange, um, strange to do. Unless you like the sound of our voice. Which, which is totally fine. Which you may do because we've, we've both got brand new microphones. Um, mm. So you never know. You never know. You never know. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Um, I'm interested to see what we'll do next week. But um, TBD? TBD. Are we going to talk about the Bechdel test or did you forget? I did forget. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the Bechdel test briefly because I like to do it in every episode. So the Bechdel test is a media metric that's applied to uh, films and TV, uh, basically to assess how well well represented female characters are, because universally, historically, female characters uh, are not represented well at all. Um, and all it asks is that um, to pass the Bechdel test, to pass fail, is that two female identifying characters have a conversation that is not about a man. Um, and this doesn't pass, <laughs> um, 
but uh, it's it's a really low bar. All all you, all it needs to do for it to pass is for one woman who has her name in the in the credits, um, to say to another woman, "Would you like a cup of tea?" And, and it doesn't do it. And it doesn't do it. And and I think pretty much every other episode of the series does. But in this episode, we haven't got that many named characters. There's only two named women in this. Um, there's Pam and there's um, uh, Jan, the Michael's boss. And they share one scene together uh, and um, they're with Michael. And they don't Is there not a scene other. in the reception when she walks in and she says, oh, hi, Jan. I'm gonna I'm gonna so. call this inconclusive because I I'm fairly sure without all right okay okay be, without being lazy you know, being too lazy to go check um, I think yeah generally though this is pretty good I think for a given... I think the rest of this series is very much like you know not every not every plotline including one of the women is about a ma- do you know what I mean about a man there yeah. are quite a lot of strong female characters in mm-hmm. this series as we go forward that have quite a lot of agency. Um, I think first and foremost is that Michael's boss is a woman, and especially for the first season, um, she's she really is the boss, you know. Yeah. Um, which so I I don't think this is you know represents female characters poorly. We'll go easy on you off your we'll Go easy. Yeah. Uh, but um, you wait for our film on the weekend because um, we'll have some thoughts. Uh, yes. So that, I think that's called a tease. It's called a tease for our imaginary audience. You know, I really hope we never get a real audience. Uh, they've all turned this off by now if they are real. Um, I, really, I really hope we never get a real audience because it's going to make all those jokes really um, really not as funny. Yeah, well, when they're writing in, that's when we know that we've made it, when actually somebody responds to tell us that we were wrong about something. Exactly. So, um, and a final thought is please subscribe to our Patreon. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Patreon.com so- slash... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> imaginary podcast. <laughs> it's an imaginary Patreon as well. It's very meta. <laughs> right, Dave, I think that's us for The Office. I will see you in um, about uh, six hours. For... I'll see you in about six hours because that's next how time works in quarantine. Right. Thanks, Dave.